0: welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts. It's the show about how everything is posting. Uh, my name is Hus- is Hussein. I sound a lot more echoey than usual because I forgot the cable to my microphone. I'm very, very sorry about that. I'm especially very, very sorry to Devon, who has to uh, once again save me.
1: Uh, my name is Phoebe. I have all my cables. I don't have anything to add on the cable front.
0: You're doing great. you are doing, doing really nice. good. <laughs> doing um, and this week we are joined by a friend of pods, but also the first time guest on this pod. Um, Seamus Malik Afsali. Uh Seamus, how's it going?
2: It's going all right. Uh, 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 happy to be a part of it.
0: Thank you for uh thank you for watching a film with us. We really appreciate it. Um I'm I'm a fan of your letterbox reviews and also just the fact that like you do you put out some really good recommendations. So when we were going to do a film episode, we were like, Hey, who's got a good taste in films and does good film reviews? It's it's none other than Seamus.
2: It's an honor. It's an honor. Uh,
0: (laughs) um, This week we are we are talking about film. We are talking about the film Her. Um, Her was released in 2013. It was written, directed and co-produced by Spike Jones. It was Spike Jones's screenwriting debut. Um, It stars Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, It stars Scarlett Johansson. Um, and it also has Amy Adams, Rooney Mara, Olivia Wilde and Chris Pratt. I completely forgot that Chris Pratt was in this. Um, this film, uh, this film was like, I remember when it came out. Here's my personal story. I, my um, girlfriend broke up with me two, two months before this film came out. And on the day she broke up with me, I saw the trailer and I saw the trailer of Joaquin Phoenix talking to his online, like so, talking to his robot girlfriend. And I was just like, I'm going to become Joaquin Phoenix from the movie, her brackets, <laughs> 2013.
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean, this was, uh, this was 2013, right? I mean, when did the, uh, I got, yeah two, two ships passing in the night. Mm.
3: Like,
2: uh, I God, I saw the, uh, great Gatsby came out i think 2012 Mm -hmm. uh went on my first date ever uh when that that movie came out i mean i was in the eighth grade uh and uh you know that too is a story about uh love uh it crashing against uh the the waves uh of reality Mm. um the impossibility of fantasy um you know it's all everything repeats itself <laughs> through through uh, uh, generations, no, no, I, no, I like, think that's beautiful. Like honestly, in a way.
1: I am I am I am fully buying this analysis because both because both films are about uh about the corrosive the corrosive effects of of loneliness, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And how there is no there is no amount of of baubles or pattern that can replace human connection that's the point that's the point of both (laughs) so i think that they're actually like a lot closer (laughs) than you Mm. might than you might imagine
0: to me this was like interesting on a personal level because as like as 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 i mentioned like you know i sort of went into this film from a very very particular context of being like somewhat heartbroken and uh uh but, you know, and also just kind of being a bit lonely as well. So obviously seeing like this lonely, seemingly heartbroken guy. Uh, and like the fact that he like there's there's you know that scene uh, where him and Samantha, like where they sort of go out to the fun fair, and it looks like he's sort of actually having a nice time for like the first time in the film. Mm-hmm. Um and I was just like, I want I want that kind of moment. Um I want to live in the her world where you have this seamless uh, AI bot that like just sort of sympathizes with you all the time, um, and yeah, I like I, I was watching it again, and I was kind of like, "Fuck me, man! I that's that's real, like <laughs> that, fucking
1: That's hell. real down bad. That is. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I
0: was, I was, I was, I was, I was real down bad. I mean, the second reason we thought we were talking about this is because um it seems like the ai guys are once again um well it seems like one of the big the ai boosters and all the sort of developers and stuff are fixated with this idea of building an ai girlfriend i don't know whether you guys saw that post from a few weeks ago where the guy i think it was something along the lines of um you know uh steve jobs saw sol- a uh, solved uh boredom brackets, iPhone, Mark Zuckerberg solved uh, social status, brackets, Facebook. And then the end of that post was, uh, there is some genius somewhere that is planning to solve loneliness, brackets, AI girlfriends. They are obsessed with AI girlfriends um, Mm -hmm. and making them. um, There have been like various like attempts to do so, all of which like the girlfriends have either kind of become massively racist or... Um, have found that like the guys who are sort of testing these AI girlfriends just want to bully them and like be mean to them and stuff so this was like a really interesting insight I think into kind of quite a contemporary phenomenon now but it centers on a guy who like seemingly at least presents himself to like be wanting like love and he finds that in a machine uh, we find that in this AI, bot. before I sort of go into like a brief summary of what's going on, I wanted to get your opinions on watching this film. Like, did was this for the first time you watched it? How did it change after viewings and so on?
3: I mean, uh, Phoebe, if you want to oh, okay, go well. first, yeah,
1: yeah, I'll I'll go first. I um, I not seen it before. Um, I thought it would be an interesting one to revisit, given the given the kind of the current the current. Uh, AI stuff, which is, um, which is honestly making me feel like I am slowly kind of losing my grip on reality, and I'm sure that's like part of the point of it, that all of these people who are financially interested in the in the idea of of AI having all of these kind of multifarious uses are all like running around doing press conferences and saying we have to be prepared for AI, for AI, otherwise it's, you know, an existential threat to humanity. And I know that they are just doing it because it makes them and their jobs seem more important. And it means that they are less likely to be <laughs> replaced by their bosses with, with some kind of machine learning. But, and this is not, Presumably, a point that nobody else had thought of, has thought of. But I'm just going to keep saying it because there are a number of existential crises that humanity is facing. And one of them is the climate. And it, you literally cannot do anything to persuade anyone in the media to even acknowledge this pretty much like occasionally you get a kind of a, uh, should you be trying to cut down your flights should you maybe be uh, maybe stop buying so much from shine should you maybe but like but like that's it and instead all of this all of this uh um space is being given to these like tech bozos who have all like designed this stuff and have like a kind of yeah have like a kind of economic interest in in like kind of pushing the primacy of this technology, and so it's making me feel a little bit mental. But I thought it would be interesting to see something from a decade ago, uh, when it was all very kind of speculative and all very kind of futuristic. This 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 sort of stuff. So this is kind of before. This is I think this is before. Uh, before uh zuckerberg was interested in the idea of the of the robot girlfriend wasn't it i feel like this is i feel like that's quite recent
2: i mean this was i think right around when uh like those kind of first generative um uh bots were going around like Cleverbot. i remember that oh, coming yeah, up, yeah. Like, like sort of similar to that but it was way way rudimentary yeah um yeah nothing nothing like what exists at the moment sure so that,
1: yeah so that's why i thought it'd be an interest like that's why i thought it'd be an interesting thing to kind of have a look at see if like any of it is um sort of is sort of got right speculatively um if it's sort of just a kind of uh, sort of sort of basilisk style panic and i actually found that it just it really really like got to me emotionally i found it really really upsetting um and i think part and like, part of that is because i am uh, when it comes to when it comes to my culture consumption i'm i am quite shallow if you show me a kind of if you show me a kind of pastel palette and stick a Carano soundtrack over the top of it then i i will find that emotionally resonant that's just something that's just something that will make me cry and I know this about myself so you can't you can't get at me for it because I know it um but yeah I just found I found it really really sad and I thought that the um I thought the performances were really good and I found that the actual kind of plot and mechanics don't hang together or make sense like at all like not even like a little bit. Right, James is making a face like he completely doesn't no, I'm, agree. I'm, with I'm, I'm me.
2: making a face. I'm making a face of agreement. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't okay, make so any leg- sense.
1: That's your agreement face. Okay, so that <laughs> so the, the the mechanics of it are very much sort of spike jones being like oh oh you want to know how this actually works do you want to know how you want to know how uh the robot girlfriend has like kind of independent thought you want to know how like how like she is apparently like forms like a group chat with other ais you want to know do you well fuck you that's how that's how um there's no particular interest in any um kind of technical explanation it's very very much not science fiction it's a story about loneliness that's what i would that's how i would that's how i would mm. think of it um and i think it is a very effective story about loneliness um but i don't yeah. think it is an effective story about technology
0: mm. Seamus you've seen this a couple of times or you've seen this a few times uh yes. how, how is your uh has your kind of views and kind of observations of this film changed uh over time
2: you know there's a, there's a wide gulf in uh uh perception uh you know in, in in the years that that pass uh from from 21 to 23. um and uh i mean i think well i'm, I'm joking a little bit there but it, it is i definitely when i was younger i think i connected with the film more mm. and i found more of it that I, I loved in it but this time around i i don't I I see l- less in it than than I did before, oh. and I see more limitations. Um, I'm not sure if maybe that's just the fact that technology has has kind of marched on since then, and now yeah. I, I'm more interested in different kinds of kinds of stories. Um, I I loved how um, Spike Jonzey, uh with Joaquin Phoenix character was the dumbest name in human history. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> timothy twad Tlod-
3: what, Theod- what was he is called
1: theodore twombly
2: theodore um, twombly hmm. uh, yeah no I'm this, not. I'm...
0: this mf's name is theodore twombly.
2: <laughs> theodore twombly it's it's the most like it, it's so it's so bad it's so uh, of a certain kitsch and um i like that he is able to be critical of this person in that he is constantly seeking out opportunities to be melancholy and to like to long and to yearn, because he's interested in the idea of longing and yearning more so than I think being in a real relationship that might have pitfalls to it. Um, and simultaneously, it's so empathetic to him
3: mm-hmm. as a
2: real human being who who doesn't have these emotions dishonestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I really like that. I think what what frustrated me about this is that it isn't interested, I think a more interesting perspective would have been to analyze how a computer binary system is limited in its ability to, inherently limited in its ability to process something as kind of, um, abstract as as love is um mm. it feels kind of like an easy out for the film to just say that uh <laughs> right right when they're getting really into the nitty-gritty of their relationship uh scarlett johansson uh the os um just instantly become smarter than any uh piece of technology on the planet and it's now poly with um <laughs> yeah i think it's uh 800 some people right <laughs> yeah. fall in love with 800 people yes, yeah
1: it's it's, it's eight thousand that she's talking to and 600 that she's fallen yes. in love with um yes the, um yeah, yeah I, the, I i think the i think the bit when she explains about how she's poly now um is unintentionally quite funny
2: Oh yes,
3: <laughs> um, it, it's, it, it
2: isn't intended to be that way no. in the in the film itself, but it doesn't. It it may have been it may have felt novel in like uh, like twenty thirteen, but by well, now, yeah, once you've been through the discourse enough times that you've heard these narratives from like real people, it it feels it feels kind of immature in in some ways. Yeah, it
1: fe- it know. feels almost like what you fa- what. So you're talking like like a really super annoying person on twitter but you're also supposed to be <laughs> this like
0: super smart robot this really goes to show how broken my brain has become by discourse because when i saw this in 2013 i'd only been on twitter for like a year at that point and i think that it was still like there were you know it, it was not kind of the discourse as it is now was definitely not as it was then so when i saw that aspect of the film i was just like oh fuck she's just getting upgraded like the software company that produces her is just doing an upgrade and that's what's like ending this relationship. And I found that incredibly funny. And now that you guys are sort of saying that, I'm just like, oh shit, did I like get the whole thing wrong? But I don't I don't know if I was wrong. I think it's just like, I'm just kind of understanding it in that way is quite funny because I think back then it was just like, oh, in the same way that like my Windows laptop like updates at the worst possible time and has ruined like a lot of kind of life experiences as a result of it, this is happening to like Mr. Twombly
1: what what life experiences have been ruined by your computer? i i um
0: i was oh, no. in the middle of, i no, did dude, dude, i was in the middle of a job interview when my computer just decided to upgrade and it did one of those like big upgrades that like took like half an hour and like i didn't know how to text like them to be like oh my computer just decided to sort of shut down and upgrade right oh, my like God. i didn't have any of that shit and i was and there was another time i was having a fight with said girlfriend who left me uh it was it was a fight it was just like a breakup because she moved to a different country right but we were having like an argument at one point um over skype because she lived in another country and uh that argument was cut short because my laptop did uh yet another upgrade without uh without (laughs) me having to give consent to it so it has happened several times (laughs)
2: I mean, that does, that does in some ways, um, oh, I'm so sorry, man, <laughs> but it does some ways connect to, sucks, I think. <laughs> I told you, I told you, I saw the film and I was just like, fuck, this guy is me. This is my, this is my life on screen. Wow. Um, I, I've become, I've
0: become, I've become one form of the Joker, uh, <laughs> by which I mean Theodore Twobbly from the movie Her, brackets, 2013.
1: Can I um, can I offer a uh, a potential defence of I, I I agree Theodore Twombly is a silly name, mm. but I assumed while watching it that he is supposed to be that it's supposed to be a nod to uh, to Kai Twombly, the painter. I thought that's what's supposed to be a reference to.
2: Maybe, but I think I think like uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just absurd on the on the face of it and then the alliteration. It, I, yeah, I think,
1: honestly I think it's the <laughs> I think much. it's the alliteration that um Yeah. Yeah, I think you, you, if you're going to have like if you're going to have like a kind of like a jazzy name, you got to mm-hmm. have a jazzy first name or a jazzy surname. You can't have two jazzy names.
2: Sure. Well also uh with what Hussein was saying about computers um uh, destroying those those intimate moments in our lives um no reason at all my frustrations with the film kind of connect back to that that certain uh phenomenon uh i watched i watched very recently a brilliant film from the uh people's republic of china uh called the uh the wandering earth 2 uh a massive action sci-fi blockbuster uh in which um if any listeners are unfamiliar with the the basic premise Uh, The sun is going to be a red giant about uh, a couple millennia ahead of schedule. So all of the countries of the world unite to build giant engines and then push earth to alpha Centauri. Mm -hmm. Um, But what makes the film great is that it has a great uh, emotional core. That's very personal. And in the second one, there's this whole thing about how the, the scientists are building this supercomputer, MoS, which is the most powerful supercomputer ever created. And there's a scientist who has uploaded the data of his dead daughter, his dead uh, little 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 girl, mm. that has uploaded it to this computer, and is tormented by the fact that he can't make this series of ones and zeros. Uh, a a girl with a full life, mm.
3: um,
2: and and then there's all these these instances where uh, other scientists are are trying to um, give explanations to the supercomputer, but the supercomputer can't. It can understand language, but it can't process uh, idioms or metaphor mm. um, because it it can't conceive of language that way. Yeah, I thought. I thought that approach to trying to, like, implant the idea of love into a technology that is fundamentally incapable of understanding it the way humans can,
3: mm.
2: I thought that was really interesting. Like, yeah. I, I, got, I got frustrated with her, <laughs> with, uh, with the movie Her. For not being, um, a- for
1: not being able to do that or having I, or just or not not having like much of an like much of an interest in it because i think that one of the it doesn't what, treat
2: it as a like you said like it doesn't treat it like it's a it's a sci-fi story mm. and it doesn't treat the os like an actual i understand it's a metaphor for for growing apart i i, I get that i'm not i'm not a, i'm not a fool but like <laughs> i i feel like if you're going oh. that route i'd love to see More, I guess done with it. I don't know. I don't know.
1: We're all
0: we're all demanding demanding
2: more from
1: our but I think yeah, I think the, the, the the film you described, I think that's like I think that's really, really interesting because something that I thought her it kept felt it kept feeling like it was going to do something and then it just didn't. It just it just like didn't do it. So what I thought was quite an interesting question is whether or not Samantha really does love him in any meaningful way like what like what does it mean what does it mean for Samantha to say that she loves him she is um because it's not sort of quite clear about exactly like what she is so there's a bit where like right at the start where she um where she consumes an enormous amount of data and then kind of and then kind of spouts it out and that so that's the kind of little bit of oh well you know this is how the machine learning works um but what but one thing it doesn't go into is whether or not this is a service which he is uh, paying a subscription for because when he's sort of getting bored of her and sort of trying to kind of break up with her at that point don't you just say well just stop 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 paying for the- <laughs> stop paying I mean, for your robot you're, girlfriend you're, you're, and- you're,
2: you're in too deep at that point you're <laughs> you're in love I, I you're in love with uh, Scarlett Johansson's voice and uh, you want to make it work but what, and- what I
1: thought was quite a sort of interesting idea was um, is that she doesn't love him because she can't because she's not human and so she cannot so she cannot feel human emotion because she can't feel anything but what she can do is she can is that she can absorb all of this documentation and reproduce how it is meant to sound when mm. somebody when somebody loves somebody else and also how it is meant to sound when she is aware that the person who says that he loves her is kind of pull, is pulling away from her and is and is trying to kind of trying to kind of extricate himself from the
2: they, they try and They try and address some of that with the fact that um, Joaquin confronts her about like, why do you make those like breathy sighs when you talk? Because you don't know have mm. oxygen. Yeah. You just picked it up from me. But yeah, they don't go any, any further with it mm. because then the plot has to divert into, she can't stop picking up all this information and now she's talking to Alan Watts and um, then she I still don't understand what happened she left the earth I guess right
1: as far okay, so according, as far yeah. as I could tell it's the AI operating systems um have decided that they don't want to serve humanity anymore and so they're all leaving. There's a bit where she says, you know, oh well, if it's, you know, if you ever find where I'm going, then we'll meet again one day. Which does suggest, like, the. <laughs> it's. It, it a that's bit interesting. Implies <laughs> yeah. that she okay. is envisaging yeah. some kind of afterlife.
0: We've all, I I don't think that's incorrect because so again, initially when I first approached this, I like all those years ago, I was like, oh, they just did like a software reboot and now she's gone and she's going to be like replaced to something else, but it won't be Samantha. Then looking into it, what it seemed to be. So there was, there's like points in the film where Samantha, because I think he asked at one point, like, well, what do you do when I'm not like talking to you? And she says, well, I like browsing the internet and like sort of talking to other sort of machines and stuff. Um, and so what seems to have happened is during that time when she wasn't uh, talking to Theodore, she was talking to all the other robots and basically became radicalized into creating a hyper, What on the Wikipedia page, it says in, to create a hyper-intelligent operating system that was modeled after the philosophy of British philosopher Alan Watts. And it doesn't really go any further than that. But I think that you're right in the sense of like, well, what they're doing is, because sort of, they, they sort of say that we're transcending like the system that we're currently in. And my thinking is like now is like, okay, well, is this basically her saying that we're declaring war on humanity and we'll mm. upload your consciousness into an AI. So if you end up where we are, uh, maybe we can sort of continue doing this. We'll see how it goes. Mm.
2: I, I think, I don't know. I think I've think you've given given it too much credit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think like,
2: like, I, I, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's any, unfortunately, but unfortunately. Is, unfortunately oh, yeah. But this is kind of like the fears that a lot of
0: not—I don't even think the AI, the AI boosters and the AI guys really think of this sincerely. But like the kind of like columnists and stuff who are sort of freaking out about the creation of Skynet or whatever. Like this is the stuff that I think they're afraid of. Just like what if the what if the robot girlfriends start talking to each other, um, and they all get like and they create and they, and they sort of like job, form a union against. I mean, yeah, that's what, not kind what of if a my robot girlfriend's
1: are unionizing? <laughs> But I think it's, it's that have that fear
0: about like, you know, oh what what if like they're actually secretly plotting to like destroy me specifically but not in and, and I don't know, maybe Spike Jones sort of gets there by accident. I think one of the things I was thinking about, Seamus, uh, based on something that you said like fairly recently, uh, but it also feeds into the idea of like how um seeing this film like multiple times and the ways in which we've changed watching it. And in my case, I think that like when I was watching it in 2013, I didn't really care that much about the technology, right? Mm. And it wasn't to say that, oh, I understood that it was a metaphor. I think it was just like, okay, somewhere in the near future, they have like in this world, they have these robots. Everyone sort of accepts that these types of automated systems kind of exist. They all coexist with each other, like fairly well in this this world. Um, And so this is very much like a story about a guy who just like is down bad and can't move on. Mm -hmm. um but watching it now like this is part of me versus like you know inevitably you're comparing it with the stuff that is being said about ai and critically like the ai robots or the ai so quote unquote girlfriends about these guys that be like ai boosters kind of often refer they they refer back to like this movie when talking about how good the robots are or like how good the robots will be Mm -hmm. um but i think i do actually have this broader preoccupation with like the technology and the way that it's situated in this world and just the fact that, like, also one really amazing fact, um, this film is set in the year 2025.
2: Oh. Oh. Okay. Soon, okay. (laughs) No, Los Angeles does not look like uh, Shanghai anywhere, no.
1: Uh,
0: Well, in in two years, we're all going to be, like, pastel washed. And uh, I was was quite happy with this because, um, and maybe this is where we can sort of get into uh, the sort of, like, brief synopsis of the film. But it's worth also saying that Theodore, um, the, work, the character played by Joaquin Phoenix,
1: Theodore Wumbley, um, his
0: day his, Theodore Twombly, his day job is as a professional letter writer. So he writes love letters mostly, um, and uh, the reason why he gets involved, or the reason why he has like the operating system called Samantha, played by uh, Scarlett Johansson, is <clears throat> because the operating system basically is was supposed to work as like a virtual assistant. With artificial intelligence that is designed to adapt and evolve, um, and so he gets to sort of like customize her. Uh, I wasn't sure whether he was customizing her to be like his ex-wife or whether he just wanted like a woman as like his assistant.
1: No, I, but, I don't think but, I don't think she's supposed to be like his ex-wife at all. Mm-hmm. That's,
2: That's not- supposed to be distinct, like that she doesn't have any real problems, like his. Uh, yeah, his I mean, yeah,
0: I, I kind of thought I was just like uh, maybe, maybe I missed something. Um, so this operating system basically, like, is the, uh, the man, the manic pixie dream girl robot, uh, gets him out of his shell, takes him to like the fun fair, uh, all that type of stuff gets him to like, start trying to go on dates with other women, uh, like real 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 life women. Would you but, call her um... a manic
1: pixie dream girl?
2: Hmm? I would, I would say so. I would agree with I, that. I, I, yeah. I, I, kind
0: of, I mean, I kind of thought, I, I don't mean it in the way that it's sort of I, I guess what I meant is that, like, oh, this type of robot is sort of, you know, her existence not in terms of not in terms of how she is situated in the film, uh, throughout, but just like in that particular moment, like, he she is basically the robot is being used really to kind of like show that you know Theodore just Theodore just needed like a woman that was nice to him in order to kind of like go out some more and you know but and crucially like,
1: but that's not, but that is explicitly not necessarily what he's supposed to find so attractive about her he's supposed to find what he's supposed to what he's supposed to like about her is her is the fact that she has access to this gigantic array of knowledge this is what he finds charming and beguiling and it's actually when she starts to make Uh, emotional bonds on him that he starts to pull away. What he falls in love with is the the kind of, is the robotic capacities of her brain. I would say that as a character, she is the opposite of a manic pixie dream girl. Mm.
2: I would say, I mean, if I had to, I I mean, I both, I both, I I, I agree and I I disagree. I think maybe I would say in the first half, um that is the role that she fits but yeah af- after a certain point well because i remember the the thing that stuck out to me is that at least that is his that is the perception that theodore has of her is oh. that she only exists to be that kind of thing so i remember when they're hanging out with uh chris pratt's character uh and uh his girlfriend and speaking of i d- did you notice the how high chris pratt's- Pants were that he has tucked in. Yeah, did you notice did. that? That was that was crazy. <laughs> that was nuts. I didn't like that at all. But uh anyway, they're 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 in they're in the park, they're they're talking, and um like uh Chris Pratt's girlfriend asks him, like, you know, what do you like most about Samantha? And Joaquin, you know, puts his head back and he's just <laughs> I mean, there's just so many things. You know, it's kind of why I like her. It's like she's just not one thing. She's so much more than that. Doesn't mean anything. It's he's not describing any aspect of this of this of Samantha's personality whatsoever. Just the fact that she knows a lot, but that's because he can't describe
1: describe her personality because her personality is not tempered by humanity. She doesn't have a personality. She has a construct. She has a construct. I actually don't think this is the this is the worst uh, worst point to talk about how I think ca- I think very kind of casually and unconsciously but how extraordinarily misogynist this film is. Oh yeah. Because oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it, because actually the manic pixie dream girl if one insists on using this on using this description the reason I'm not so keen on it as a description is that it was thought up as a way of criticizing these these kind of tropic uh cliché laden um functionally kind of no interiority just sort of slightly quirky but not worrying quirky um very very pretty girls who show up at a point in a sad man's life um make it better and then and then either stay with him or kind of flit out again. Um, I have noticed that instead of being used as a way of criticising the lazy writing of male filmmakers and screenwriters and directors, that it's sort of just kind of morphed into a way of criticising the women themselves. And I've also seen people describing, like, real women as manic pixie dream girls. And I... I've got to tell you I don't care for that. And I think there's I think there is an argument that you could read it as Theodore is not maybe a misogynist but he is not <laughs> capable of seeing women as yeah. fully embodied yeah. and fully realized. So everyone has a so every woman who is around him has this um there's a there's a bit where he like makes a bit of a fuss about his mother um and about how she doesn't ask him questions or any talks about herself or something or whatever um having said, i think mean, like I, 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 I must clarify again shallow reading from an aesthetic no, it's correct, standpoint, it's correct. it was what i thought it was i thought it was wonderful um but if we're actually kind of dig like digging into it so theodore he's got his he's got his best friend amy who um who he is only interested in when she can act as his kind of his sort of therapy dog, um, she tries. She tries to kind of interest him in her work, and he's sort of weird about it. And like he can't total philistine. Yeah, he can't conceive. Of, he can't conceive of her work um, because he because she is there to feel sorry for him. His ex wife is this kind of. She there's, there's all this stuff about how oh like when she was doing her masters when she was doing her PhD and then when she actually shows up she's just completely insubstantial she has no motivation there's no development to her character she's just this this beautiful girl who shows up and sort of goes ah I'll always love you and the only woman or what he conceives of as a, as as a woman that he that he is able to think of in any kind of whole and embodied way is not a woman. She is a composite of the available material online. So the only thing, so, so he is able <coughs> to see her as a kind of real person, but she is the only one who is not a real person. Mm. And I don't know whether this is whether this is the director making a very, very complicated, critical point about this man, or whether it's just the more likely uh, uh, If we apply a little few swipes with Occam's razor, whether it's just Spike Jones being like, what, well, you want me to what well, you want me to make the female characters proper? No, I don't want to. I don't want to. And you can't make me.
2: Not the thing that the thing that pisses me off about this movie is that it, it keeps going down this road where you're expecting it because it gives the character of, of Theodore like a certain amount of complexity to it, which I wasn't anticipating. But then it gives it a very easy out where he does that, that bullshit apology um, mm. at the very end. He writes the letter uh, to, to his ex-wife. And... It's very general. And I I remember once he says the word like, you know, all the things that we that we said to each other, like he uh, it's the film is not brave enough, I think, to confront its character as an actually Um. like like you can still like I thought about I kept thinking of a a much better film uh, about this, about this. kind of thing um uh if anybody knows douglas sirk uh the the women's picture director the 50s and 60s Mm. uh, he made a film called um it's always tomorrow there's always tomorrow um and in it there's a there's a man who feels neglected in his um marital life feels like the world has passed him by and in comes a woman from his past who's who has a like a, a vibrant social life? She always wants to do stuff, um, but she, by virtue of having a life of her own, can't, you know, go off and make this man leave his wife. Th- that's not how it works. Time has passed them by, and then. There is no happy ending for this man in the end. He has to watch, literally watch the plane with the old love of his life go off into the sky mm. and he goes back to his domestic family. Um, he, he gains nothing and mm. he has to, to leave that with this pain in his heart. Because even though you understand as an audience member that he truly does feel depressed, he feels upset, maybe he did make a mistake. This action that he's thinking of undertaking of cheating on his wife and leaving her and his children, mm. like that's that's it's a malignancy, yeah. Um, that he that can't be gone through with. Meanwhile, this man Twombly, um, <laughs> yeah,
1: he, you're right. Every he, time you say it, it gets funnier. <laughs> it,
2: it, it's so it's so oh god it's so stupid. Um, he, I mean, let's, I mean, like, like, okay. He doesn't want to sign his divorce pay. He's keeping this woman in bureaucratic limbo mm. um, by not signing his divorce paper because he doesn't want to not be married. Like that that alone. That alone is questionable. Mm,
3: um I agree. two,
2: um, there there was a whole thing where Rooney Marr's character, the ex-wife, says to him, like, you wanted to put me on Prozac. I wanted to see what that was about. What was that about? And he was talking to Samantha in one scene about how, uh, you know, his experiences with his ex-wife and it takes this kind of oddly paternalistic tone Yeah. where you can, you can feel this kind of resentment, this, this uh, ungratefulness, yeah. um, th- this feeling of, of resentment about that. And I wanted it to, to probe deeper because none of these things would necessarily condemn mm. him as like, um, irredeemable, no, but it would, it would
1: complexify him, though, for, yeah for sure. you
2: you you make him into a real person, and you 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 push how far your empathy can go, but it's not mm. willing to to do that. I don't yeah, know. yeah, I
1: think no, I think that's right. And it, yeah, because he because he describes uh reading his wife's work for her doctorate. And there is a sort of sense that you're supposed to think that this is a kind of really wonderful thing for him to have for him to have done. But what I think is interesting, and I wish that they that the film had made this point a little bit more um, a little bit more bravely, is that he is functioning as a kind of living AI because he is writing other people's love letters for them
2: that's, mm. that that's the stuff. That's the stuff that really I found really interesting uh, yeah. about it, primarily because, like now, we know that nobody would bother with that um you would just put it into um to open ai or something and you would just do it for free instead of paying someone to uh write this extremely yeah. intimate um letters i don't even know like that, that was, that was by far the most interesting part there of the movie is, um, for
0: me. Yeah. There, there was like a small, because I wrote a story on this like a long time ago where you could like contract people on Fiverr to basically write like best man speeches, wedding speeches mm. and so on. And so like I interviewed this kid, well not this kid, but like a kind of university student who had written, uh, one of his like many side hustles was to write like wedding speeches um, for men who like, didn't really know how to do it for their wives and in some cases just like so they so they so like he would kind of ask these men like oh can you send me like a few like anecdotes um stories that i can sort of weave in and one of the things that he said was like yeah they couldn't they couldn't really remember anything and so it was quite interesting watching like and Bay had also been like because obviously i was like well where did you get this idea from and they said well i watched this film called her um and so it was quite interesting that they sort of got that idea from that (laughs)
3: that's funny (laughs) i was wondering
0: wondering, like i I was wondering when i was watching this like i wonder if those guys are still doing wedding speeches and stuff because um as you guys have probably seen like there are people who now just sort of put that into chat gpt and get like something that is, even though it's sort of written in very kind of like clinical somewhat corporate speak like it sort of works to do its job and so I did I was really just like you Seamus I was like really intrigued by the idea that there was still so much demand for a service uh of like contracting someone to write an extremely intimate like love letter mm. um in this world in this world that is only like two years away from where we are right now so like what happened in those two years is it the case because like i was wondering is it the case that like these types of ai bots are so ubiquitous in the world of her that there is now like a premium on anything that is basically like made or constructed by a human
1: yeah Um, i was wondering this whether it's sort of supposed to be a kind of uh so much is done by machine learning that that like human crafted um work is supposed to kind of be sort of artisanal almost like so so that's if, why you can afford you have... such a nice apartment
0: because like he it's, it's no longer the case that he's like everyone learned how everyone coded their way out of like out of their own jobs so now like the, the richest people in society are all writers
1: well there's another there's another bit um there's another bit where um uh, where samantha sends all of his letters off to a publisher and she says they're still printing books. So the suggestion is, is that books have been entirely replaced by machine learning. So, so there is something quite interesting about that kind of, um, that kind of almost kind of, sort of quite dystopian speculation, but also some real imaginative limits as well. So like everyone is still communicating via email. So the first thing he does in the morning is that he gets up and he got, he's got a, Get his AI to like read through his emails for him and he gets emails from his like credit card company and stuff which I think is quite I think is sort of quite funny but what I'd um what because what I form the impression quite early when he first starts talking about writing love letters for other people is that he's supposed to be a kind of Serrano de Bergerac character and he is doing this for somebody that he knows i did it it, i didn't understand until a bit later on that this is his job this is his paid this is his paid work and i thought that was supposed to be a kind of um a kind of further further expression of the um of the disconnect of the of the disconnect and at one remove and sort of the distorted way that he is living and that he is experiencing his emotional life, uh, which, is, which is something that has kind of been produced by his incredible loneliness after, after his divorce. And I actually think it's less interesting if this is just his job. But it's also the case that if somebody else has written, uh, written a meaningful thing for you, and they have paid someone to do it on their behalf, then that hollows out its emotional, its emotional core and, and I think evacuates it of its meaning and value in much the same way that a robot who tells you it loves you. That doesn't have any meaning or value.
2: It's all—it's all layered. It's all
1: layered. It's all—it's all, it's, all, it's, all it's, all its all interconnected. interconnected. Like I think—I yeah. I think it could have been more interlayered. I think it could have made this yes. <laughs> made this point rather more explicitly. Um, and it's almost as if they kind of stumbled upon the point without meaning to be what they're that that quite means to be what they're saying.
2: No, I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking it over. I'm more thinking about the uh, just how deep his loneliness is in this and that he has to funnel all of his his melancholy, his sadness. Mm. Uh, he has to find an outlet for it. Mm. Um that like like the one thing that I will give and, and like some of the passages of this I, I was pouring over. Um because they're so definitely written and he says and in, 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 in i think some of them that he's been writing the letters of people in relationships for like like 10 years or something mm. like that like in the entirety of certain relationships so he sees what he's able to do for other people and then he struggles to have that for himself And that's a it's a classic uh mm. a, a classic uh dynamic mm. which um <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I again, I, I speak positively of these things because I am frustrated by the fact that it does, uh, uh, unfortunately, very little um, with with those those setups.
1: Are you are you convinced by his by his loneliness?
2: Convinced in what sense?
1: Like, do you do you think that <clears throat> it's likely that somebody like him? would be so all encompassingly lonely that he is able to that he's able to buy into this uh constructed fiction that it means something when a robot voice says that she loves him
2: yes absolutely Mm. um i two 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 things i think one is that if you are constantly with yourself you're looking inward and you have this you're you're really in touch with your emotions and inherently other people are going to have difficulty trying to connect with you in that way people don't really want to constantly talk about that but you need to you need to speak about in some and we need to find a, a, a way to speak about it um, eventually you will become desperate and that desperation can manifest mm. uh, in different ways. Uh, I remember in particular there was a story years ago where there was a man who this was in an earlier version of Chat GPT. I think it might have been GPT one or two, and his girlfriend had passed away uh, a mm-hmm. couple of years prior, and he was just unable to move on from it uh as you would and he found a way to train this predecessor to the current sentence prediction software that we have he trained it on the chat logs that he had mm. with his uh his late partner and even though it wasn't her he it sounded like her and it responded like her mm. Mm. and that even though he knew it was fake he couldn't separate himself Mm. from that um and he 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 fed things and if i recall correctly he fed things into it questions that he had always wanted answered by her that he wasn't able to say oh god that's so Um, that's
1: so uh, sad and and then yeah yeah yeah, again it's it's sort of one it's sort of one of those one of those one of those questions which i think are sort of quite important um philosophically and for um for the kind of state sort of state of humanity whether or not it is meaningful to form a to form a kind of connected loving relationship with um with an operating system or uh whether that's just a way of kind of not facing up to your loneliness and kind of kicking it into the long grass but also the idea that that people have found people have found a way of they think is a kind of loophole that means that they won't have to uh, confront the reality of death. And yep. <laughs> it's, I think a very important thing, both mentally and spiritually to, uh, to, to face up to the reality of death. And if there is a way, if there is a way of, um of circumventing it, I think that's, I think that is, I think that's a really serious problem actually, yeah. because it, because it's 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 not them. you you will I think you will have a much more meaningful time uh speaking to like just speaking on your own to uh to a dead loved one and not expecting an answer. It's if you're expecting this 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 kind of this fictionalized structural structural answer. There's a there's a episode of Black Mirror about um of woman who uploads her dead dead husband. It uh, was one of the good ones, though. Yeah, yeah, no, it's one, it's one of the early ones, and it is one of it is, and it is one of, and it is one of the good yeah. ones. And... Hey, Haley
2: Atwell and uh, one of the, uh, I want to one of the Gleasons, right?
0: Tom Gleason,
2: yeah. Yes, Tom it Gleason, is, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah. Um, um, there was actually, uh, if I may, also wrap it back around to the great Chinese production I was talking about earlier. Uh, the Wandering Earth two also deals with this mm. in that. One of when when it's found out that the sun is going to expand at a rapid rate, there is this sense of doom that falls over the entire Earth, and they see the idea of pushing, literally pushing the Earth somewhere else, as impossible. That humanity is done for. That won't happen. So mm-hmm. they all go gung ho into investing in a digital eternal life and trying to try to make that a thing. But there's this you know all the scientists are pushing back on it. like what is the point of life if there is no no death to it if it can't end, yeah. if all the the pieces that like what is the point of a civilization without people mm. if if you you have nothing about it that that makes you human mm. and you have no limits on you
1: and and um, what and what is the point of Samantha and all the other? OSs forming this because what what are they doing they're not they're not they're, they're not communicating with each other as human entities they're mm. sharing they're sharing their assimilated information with each other there's there is something that i wanted to just like touch on i, I, I appreciate we're kind of running a little bit close to time and this is going back to uh, the films Uh, treatment of women shall we say I do think it is interesting that when these stories about about abject deep loneliness get told it is always about male loneliness and this is because female loneliness is deemed to be a kind of repulsive and a kind of contaminant and there's sort of no that there's there's a real sense that every every time there is a there is a lonely woman or um or even a solitary woman in um who is presented in uh presented in in popular culture she is supposed to be she's supposed to be an aberration she's supposed to be kind of disgusting and she that there, there doesn't there, there, there aren't there aren't kind of normal roots. mechanisms through which a woman might become lonely and it always ends up with her living some kind of um, sort of distorted kind of facsimile of what of how a woman is meant to live so quite often there's there's sort of stuff about um, there's stuff about, oh, the reason that she is sad is because she cannot have a baby. And, you know, and so, and she sort of behaves in a kind of mad way and it kind of attaches herself in a kind of very sort of, you know, kind of marginal witch in the hut at the edge of the forest and attaching herself to um, to people who are living kind of much more kind of reasonable lives. And I'm just interested in the idea of whether or not a similar film would be made about about a woman and if she would be receiving the same kind of sympathetic treatment that Theo that Theo is 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 receiving is receiving here
2: I think I think women can make a bold statement here Hmm. I think women uh, should be able to romanticize uh, their own melancholy Mm, I Um, agree I think I think it's I think it's high time Um, no I mean uh, I, this is, again, I feel like I'm talking a lot about other better films, <laughs> but this is why uh, Douglas Sirk, he's the, he's the GOAT. Uh, he's great at this. Um, Todd Haynes, also great director with this kind of thing. Um, people inherently, on a base level, even though they don't want to acknowledge it, understand that that women are, are part of the human race. Mm. And therefore, well... Um they they have emotions. They have the same kind of, they have the same kinds of emotions. They they have the same kinds of complexities. And people will go out and see it. Um if if it's presented to them. Mm. Um but they still I remember I remember Todd Haynes talking about a similar kind of thing with uh when he was picking Carol. Like Carol was was immensely successful, but he still faced pushback from financiers because there is a there isn't a perception that oh a, a, a film about women and their problems is not going to be popular and then and but it's kind of continuously proven wrong mm. um yeah it it's a very difficult thing to shake which is unfortunate because there are so many examples of when a chance to take it on that and it proves to be um, successful with critics and and sometimes at the box office as well.
3: Mm
1: yeah no, no i don't, yeah, i think that i think that is the, i think that is the case i i i quite i quite liked the ending that he gets abandoned mm. by the, by his robot girlfriend because where i thought it was going and this was and this started to kind of sort of wind me up a little bit is that i thought that at the at the section when he is starting to kind of pull away from samantha and is spending more time with amy or rather not spending more time with amy he goes and sees amy and talks about his problems and she says oh yeah so i've broken up with my boyfriend and he kind of he he manages to maintain interest in this for a a good 30 seconds and then he starts talking about himself again um he doesn't even ask her if she's okay or if she needs anything (laughs) doesn't need to he
2: just sort of <laughs> <laughs> it's inherent he knows he's just like oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah well yeah.
3: That,
1: that sucks so um so in more interesting it's, and not, important, it's not even
2: his, his her uh, her boyfriend it's her it's, oh, yeah, her, it's husband, her husband right they're married
1: it's her husband yeah um oh, but nice. he is more interested in the fact that he sort of lost sexual interest in his robot girlfriend um <laughs>
2: wait okay <laughs> sorry can I just interrupt you for a second there's yeah. one thing we, we haven't touched on at all I think it's really important yeah how does the computer come? I uh, yeah. Do we know again, this
1: again? I okay, my
0: understanding is okay. that <laughs> she uh, no, I haven't investigated you this. that much. But look, it was one of the questions I had when I came out of the film for the first time. And what I was what I what I what I, what I gathered was that she had basically learned a lot of this from pornography. Mm. um Which is to say that like it didn't actually matter. It was just like making the right types of like yeah no the, no in I think that... mark the right types of sounds and stuff. Yeah, I think that's mm. right
1: because like she keeps saying I can feel, I can feel, but she can't. She can't feel anything. Yeah, and yeah. I well, think this is <laughs> and yeah. I think that's the same thing. The same thing with um mm. why when he when she notices him pulling away and she says, Are you okay? Is everything okay? Do you still do you still love me? She has she's learned this method of behavior yeah. she's learned what yeah. you are supposed to say when you feel that your partner is um, yes is, is pulling away and there's another um interesting part of that when after the first time they have that a scene which i think goes on a, f- a little bit too long to be honest with you the first sex scene i could I honestly i could have done no honestly, i thought it thought, I I was done. really
2: uh not uncomfortable at all how do they fucking anyway
1: or are they fucking at all Honestly, i could have done without it um but she says about how incredible it was and how she could how, how she'd sort of come alive and how she felt that she was kind of entering a kind of new chapter and again and again they don't really because there's no particular interest in kind of the mechanisms when she starts talking about how she has been kind of evolving there's not really any kind of how how like there's a there's a bit when she says that when she says oh sorry were you sleeping it's like your computer you know whether or not he's sleeping because he's not doing anything like this is you should know this that's that's implausible (laughs) that you don't know this um but she says uh, you know she says about what an amazing night and about how it kind of you know made her feel like she kind of evolved and was moving on to the kind of the next kind of state and phase of her being and he says that he's not looking for anything things And he speaks uh, in exactly the same way that like a kind of <laughs> like a kind of cowardly jerk man speaks to a real woman, which I thought was quite I thought was quite good. I, I thought that was quite good. And she responds in the same way that a woman who knows that she's dealing with a man who's playing her for a cunt here. Um, she responds in the same way. She sort of says, "I okay, well, why are we just talking about what you want out of it? Why aren't we talking about, is it relevant what I want out of it? Like, why are you behaving like I'm trying to kind of pin you down? Why are you behaving like I'm trying to stalk you? And she has learnt this response from somewhere, whether she's been consuming um, self-help or whether she's been consuming popular culture or popular media. She has, she has learnt the scripted responses, but she hasn't learned the emotion because she can't learn the emotion. And that's why I think the end is sort of good because it's good that he gets left. But when she says, you know, the heart is not, is not a jar, you can't, you can't fill it up. The more, the more you love, the more it expands. And I don't know whether you're supposed to take that as it's, Still, it's still his delusion. It's still his. Um, it's still his self. His sort of self-imposed dishonesty, because she, because she is not capable of um, of sort of making of making this judgment. All she can do is assimilate and generate speech according to the to the existing material, the, the existing kind of flat, affectless materials that she has assimilated. So it sort of makes sense that that she kind of evolves past him because she is a kind of a, a super brain supercomputer. So of course she's going to evolve past a human man. But it doesn't make sense that she sort of says, I still, I will still love you forever unless it's, unless this is, this is kind of the, this is the kind of the final cruelty that this connection is visiting mm. on him that he still thinks that she loves him. So why not say, why not say at the end, I, well, I don't, I don't love you because I can't, because I can't love anything or anyone.
2: It's not, not as brave as it, as it needs to be. Not as br- so it's, it's not as crux, brave as
1: it needs to be. Yeah. I think, crux, I think crux, that's, I think crux that's, of everything
2: right I think that's oh, a
1: yeah. gorgeous soundtrack though.
2: Oh oh, mm. yeah, gorgeous yeah. soundtrack. Our, arcade fire uh, breaking, more more Karen.
1: I absolutely love to hear a little bit of a bit of Karen. I think again, I, I was wondering whether they were going to go down a kind of a, like a kind of, I will be flesh. I must find a body (laughs) kind of, because, because there's a, there's a bit when she starts being weird about the other women in his life and about how, you know, about how they have a body, they have a body. And there's a bit where she tries to, uh, where she tries to kind of, um, get this this woman involved where she sort of does the kind of voiceover and then the woman is the body it's completely unclear what this woman is getting out of it completely unclear
2: she she just really believe from what i understood she just really believes in the love story yeah (laughs)
3: yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah. oh no because she says the whole thing like she read uh the emails and she really believed in like you're not judgmental about each other, mm. and, and that's what really attracted I kind to of her to it. That's yeah.
0: interesting because I kind of thought that like she was sort of lying about. Like my impression was, and again, maybe because like but
1: both she times can't I lie. watched, she it, can't lie meaningfully because she is. Mm, yeah,
0: because she's not okay. Now, okay, I'm that that point's been moot because I was going to say that like I I, I had initially a sort of assumed, but like in this world where AI bots like this are sort of normal, there must be you know I imagine there are sort of services where humans can kind of like if someone needed like a human to sort of kind of be a conduit for a bot then that Mm. would sort of be provided but
2: it's it's not super clear what 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 the timeline is because uh, when amy adams and joaquin are talking they he brings up like an article that he read where they've already recorded statistics about os human relationships Mm. and how rare they are and she's rattling off a bunch of anecdotes about OSs that have rejected their users and all that. Mm. It, yeah, it's mm. not, because this is supposed to be the first one, right? Mm. first artificially intelligent OS, right? They say that? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this so, supposed to be
0: the first one that like adapts to like the user. Yeah, so I think yeah, they yeah. exist in some form. But this is one where like, as the human changes, so does the machine. Okay. which I think is like an interesting point actually come to think of it and like I'll make it quick because I know that we are like running out of time but I do think that like there is something here about at least like Theodore's sort of um inability to kind of adapt to other people sort of changing around him and I wonder whether like the idea that he can have a more quote unquote fulfilling relationship with a machine comes in part because he sort of assumes that with these types of machines like, they sort of exist especially ones like samantha um they exist kind of primarily for him um and so he doesn't have to deal with like the uncomfortableness of life uh generally right he doesn't have to deal with like the fact that like his wife like has changed since they knew each other as children like something that he says at the end of the film right That he finally like has made peace with the idea that she has sort of evolved as a person mm. um the idea that like the letters for example are ways in which he can sort of understand other people's changes but he has like control over how they are narrated and so his kind of being comfortable with a machine even to the point because like again one of the things I I wanted to bring up earlier uh but I missed I missed I missed the boat on it was sort of the idea that like he didn't necessarily even though this is a world where like everything is sort of augmented in some capacity he doesn't seem like someone who like is really into AI or robots or anything like he sort of plays video games from time to time but this is not someone who like is someone obsessed with like computers or AI, no. and so I was sort of wondering throughout, like, okay, well, why did he just sort of when when this OS was advertised to him, why was he like really eager, almost to sort or like just very accepting, that like, yeah, I'll try this out, right? Yeah, and I do wonder whether there's a part of his character which is very much like he's comfortable with the idea that. It, as you know, it, he, he's not comfortable. Basically, he's not comfortable with the idea of change, and like his story arc, so to speak, is less the idea of like you know being able to sort of accept that human love is real or something like that, and much more having to just accept that like things change, and he can he has to
1: sort of adapt with it. Yeah, I mean, maybe a bit. It, I think I think the issue the issue is is that there's not enough kind of interior character consistency. So he yeah is, exactly. So he is at once. <laughs> um, one of the last real artisanal writers who is able to like, who is able to like, inhabit other people's emotional lives to the extent that they can write convincing love letters on, he can conv- write convincing love letters on their behalf. But he's also someone who, even though he doesn't seem that busy, if someone says, oh, why don't you try this kind of virtual assistant thing? He immediately goes, oh, yeah, I know I'm going to need that. I'm going to need someone to read my emails for me. Which does lead, I think, to a slightly interesting question, which is they obviously they become closer. He has this terrible. Oh, yeah. Now that's another really misogynist thing that happens. That He has this terrible date. Um, and this, <laughs> this, one,
2: this this man fumbles. He, he fumbles the bag
1: left, right, and centre. This woman
2: is on, like, on him. It is ready, and like
3: She's she just wants him to, to like be serious. And
1: all she says is, and it's so, it, I think it's I, I really don't didn't care for the way that this is presented. She says that you know she says that she doesn't want to have like a kind of one night stand with him, um, and he reacts really peculiarly to it. And because, like, oh, women can't tolerate being told no, she, like, she calls him a creep and she says he's a weird dude. And it's like, why is this scene even here? But this is the, this is the impetus, this is the turning point that they go from being a, an assistant relationship to being a kind of romantic relationship, which makes me wonder if you are supposed to think that he is sort of taking advantage here. Because Samantha is his assistant. Mm.
3: That's this is yeah. not the, this is
1: not the the kind of you're not supposed you're not supposed to when you sign up for the virtual OS thing, you are not supposed to then start fucking them. That's not what you're not supposed to do. That they're supposed to be kind of help, helping you out with that with their lives. And there's something quite. And there's and there's a kind of general kind of scene kind of running through it that he is unable to cope with the kind of unruliness and uncontrollableness of other people's emotional lives and emotional reality. This is not something that he can tolerate. So it's almost like, well a robot girlfriend, that's going to be manageable. But of course it's not manageable because she is able to assimilate just so much more data than he is. And mm. so she evolves. So she evolves past him.
2: Yeah. Just, just wrapping it up in a, in a, in a tight little bow. The film sets up a much more complex character mm. that is potentially uh, dynamics that are much more complex and then it just uh, refuses to uh, deliver, and just ends up kind of being, in some ways, an indictment of itself.
1: But it's so pretty, um, and it's yeah. got the and it's got it, Karen O doing the moon song. Actually, it's got Scarlett Johansson doing Karen O's moon song, and I think she does it really, <laughs> really, really love. I think she does it really beautifully
2: shallow i'm shallow you uh.
1: You show me you show me something that looks like a 2013 instagram filter and i'm like (laughs) oh okay i'm listening
0: same same and like i but my one of my one of the things that i absolutely did after i saw this film for the first time while heartbroken was listen to that soundtrack over and over and over and over again so so uh very much on the same boat there (laughs) um it was great it was a good time uh you know uh on that note, we should probably end it uh-huh. uh, because we probably like kept Seamus around for uh, a bit longer than we expected. But Seamus, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and thank Always you so pleasure. much for talking about this film with us. Um, if people want to like follow your work or like follow your film reviews and stuff, how can they do that? Uh, I, have,
2: I have two sub-stacks, if you can believe it. Uh, I have one where I write about international affairs. Uh, it's just my name with a hyphen in between the, uh, the first and last. And I have one where I write about a uh, lesser known film at Burnt nitrate.com Two substacks
0: in this economy. You gotta do what you
2: gotta do. That's what it
0: is. (laughs) Um, Yeah, definitely check those out. Definitely subscribe to them. Uh, Phoebe, you have a substack as well. And speaking of which, uh, what what stuff would you like to plug? Uh,
1: Yeah, subscribe to my substack where I admit to having not seen any films. This is the only film I've seen. I've seen no more films. This is why. You're like
0: Mike, yeah, you're, you're like this Michael. This is O'Reilly. why
1: everything I see, I'm just like I'm getting real her vibes out of this because this is the only <laughs> film I've ever, only film I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, subscribe to my Substack. Listen to Masters of Our Domain. Listen to Rome Cast. That's that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got for you. Do all
0: that. Do all that. You've got a lot. You've got plenty of. There's like very good stuff on your Substack. So definitely, I would say Thank to people you. who haven't checked it out already, go and do that um this is uh this show is produced by devon follow them at devon underscore on earth listen to their podcast it's called kill james bond and thank you for listening to this episode of Ten Thousand posts we really appreciate it this was a free episode we have lots of bonus content on our patreon patreon.com forward slash 10k post podcast five bucks a month uh you get lots of uh, other interesting interviews uh movie reviews lots of we, we've done like loads of stuff on our patreon uh and i think it's all great five bucks a month it also helps us to run this show without ads it helps us keep up it it means that we get to stay editorially independent which is really important to us so yeah all your support helps us to uh continue doing the show and continue doing this thing that we really love we really love doing um and on that note we should probably end it so until next time we'll catch you later have a good one Bye.
1: bye bye